episode 180, House Call Chiropractic How and Why. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we're Dr. Jelaine St. Mitchell's perspective. You're joined award-winning podcast host and best-selling author, Dr. Justin Trosclair, as we go behind the curtain and talk to doctors and experts about their specialty, marketing, and home life balance. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. It's getting dangerously close to Halloween, so happy Halloween. Do you still celebrate it? Do you go to adult parties or at this point do you just bring your kids around? Let's have fun. Let's post some photos of either our costumes or our kid costumes on uh, the Facebook page, Justin Trosclair MCC. We can have some fun with that. Today on the show, we're going to talk about mobile chiropractic and house call chiropractic. They're the same thing. You can drive to somebody's house. You can convert a van or an RV. But before we jump in, the coloring books are now five languages, Chinese, English, Spanish, French, and German. Pick one up for your office. The kids can have something to do while the parents are getting treated. I mean, Christmas is coming up. Come on. Let's learn some animals and insects and all this cool stuff. All right. I don't ask this every time, but if you're enjoying the show, like what we're doing, go ahead. Go to a doctorsperspective.net slash support. We got things like buy the host a cup of coffee to if you've learned some good things from marketing or just learn some practice management tips, you can support the show in other ways. Hire gifts, getting a t-shirt and other swag, picking up a book on Amazon. Anyway, really appreciate the support that I do get. Appreciate the reviews. Appreciate the comments, uh, the good and the bad ones. You know, mostly the good ones, though. <laughs> But we're going to cover a lot of stuff in this episode. Everything from how do you do it, why would you do it, marketing, the different types, like I mentioned a second ago, ways to stay safe, services that you can be offering, and a whole bunch more. All the links to the past series, as well as the top downloads from each year, can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash guide, G-U-I-D-E. But let's get into it. Her show notes and transcript can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash 180. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from Germany in Boise, Idaho. Today on the show, we have a fantastic guest because they do something that I'm curious about. And it's kind of a unique thing, even though in the past it was uh, common, but it disappeared. It's called mobile chiropractic. You can call it house call chiropractic, but we're going to call her Dr. Jelaine St. Mitchell. St. Mitchell, you got it. <laughs> you pulled it off. <laughs> And the power of podcasting, that is just going to blend together. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this is why she probably goes by Dr. J probably a lot Dr. of times. Dr. J, you got it. Yep. People can't even pronounce my last name. They get, don't even try usually. So I, I gave up. I'm like, it's Dr. Justin. That's fine. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I, I always tell people, I don't care what you call me as long as you call me. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you call me. Yep. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> What's on everyone's mind, you're doing mobile chiropractic. Mm -hmm. Of all the options you could have available, what made you go that route? Like how much experience do you have at this point? And then from there, I'll, of course, I've got a, a bucket of questions that I can ask. Sure. So I'll just kind of give you my background, I guess, because it kind of leads me to this point that I'm at now. But so I graduated in 2015 um, from Northwestern Health Sciences, and I moved to Boise, Idaho uh, right away. My husband and I just kind of randomly made the decision. We didn't know anybody. We just thought it seemed like a cool place to live. And we were right. It's amazing here. But I took a position as an associate with another doc in the area, and I was with him for almost two years. Um, and so I got to see the kind of typical brick and mortar side of things, how that practice needs to be run. Um, I got a lot of great experience and I learned a lot of what I didn't want to do as well as as things that I, I do want to do. And so that really impacted my decision. I guess I was in what most people would consider like a high volume practice. I started to feel like as my schedule got busier, my time with patients became less and less. And my yeah, actual, yeah, the hands-on time, I missed that. Like I missed, like when I first started and I had nobody on the schedule, I spent 20 minutes with patients, right? But when you've got a patient in the room next door waiting for you, like you no longer have that, that luxury. Your boss must've been not happy about that. <laughs> He definitely wanted me to get that down to like his goal for me was like two or three minutes. I think I got down to like five or six and it was like a happy compromise, I guess. But but even five or six minutes for me felt really uncomfortable. It just didn't feel like enough. After about two years and kind of starting to feel a little bit burnt out, I was trying to decide what I could do on my own that would be 
hopefully profitable, but also give me a little bit more freedom in practice, like how I wanted to practice. And I knew in the back of my head, like listening to patients, either telling me they weren't able to make it to their appointments or griping about traffic. We have an infamous road, Eagle Road here in town. It used to be an old highway, but now that Boise has grown to the size that it has, it's like a main road and it is awful. Traffic is awful. So people talking about traffic and, you know, not being able to ask for time off of work, I started to kind of have this idea, like maybe house calls is an option. Um, and so that's kind of where that was born. And that I started that business at the beginning of 2017, coming up on, yeah, four and a half, almost five years now. Um, and it's, it's fun. It's a very fun way to practice. So where to, where to begin? Because there's so many that jump in, like services that you provide. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it's comparable to what you can do at a regular office? I mean, do we really need inferential? Um, so I'm primarily focused with hands-on manual manual therapies, usually like pin and stretch techniques, mm-hmm. Graston-ish, not officially trained, but soft tissue, like mobilization techniques, that kind of stuff. And then obviously hands-on adjusting. But I, the stuff that I bring to a house call is so minimal. I literally have a backpack and that's got everything I use in it. So a little bit of rock taping. I've got like a hypervolt that I'll use mm-hmm. um, and then really heavy on rehab. So I don't necessarily think that, you know, I think some of that stuff's great. Um, I think muscle stim is wonderful, especially if you've got an office where you're working on somebody and somebody's in an extra room waiting for you. Like sometimes those therapies can be helpful, especially if you're a one man show, but I don't. Yeah. It's a nice, they do, everybody likes it, but it's not yeah, necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I find I get the best results with just hands-on care. And you have to, Cart a table everywhere, or do they purchase a table? I have a portable table. Um, it folds in half, fits in the back of my car. I drive a tiny little like hatchback vehicle, a Toyota CHR. It's great on gas mileage. It gets around the city, easy to park. Um, and my table fits right in the back seat, so it's really a non-issue. Um, and it's unfortunately the uh, maker was Tony Tables, and I think a lot of of students in chiropractic school buy those because they're super lightweight and portable. It's like 22 pounds or something. He no longer makes them, unfortunately, but there's comparable mm. tables on the market for sure. Sounds like a business opportunity for someone to uh, right? purchase his patent and just get it on with it. Right. I know. I, I mean, I, when he went out of, or he sold his bit or decided to retire or whatever it was, um, I literally bought like three tables. <laughs> so I have like on backup just in case. Absolutely. Do you find that, well, you know, America, y'all don't have a lot of stories, I guess. I'm thinking, uh, you know, in Germany, we always got a home on the sixth floor. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> <laughs> but there's apartments. But I don't know, maybe people living in apartments aren't necessarily your clientele because of the cost. Yeah, um, I do have I have a very wide variety of patients. Thought maybe this would get brought up at some point, like, who's your ideal client? And I, I do not mm. have one. I really don't. It's so varied. My ideal client is somebody who basically needs the convenience of a house call. And that's. That's a niche all of it itself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really across the board. I have some young people, you know, husband and wives that are living in apartments. And Mm I, I mean, around Boise, like there's not usually more than like three stories. So I have gone up to like third story, but um, I've got some, some offices that I go to as well. And they usually have an elevator. So it's a non-issue, but I mean, if you're in decent shape and the table's semi-light, like you can make it work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to have special permission in business offices? Because a lot of those places are like, hey, now am I liable if you hurt this employee on my time? Is How do you deal with that? So the nice thing about malpractice is that usually, I mean, obviously check with your own carrier, but it usually covers you wherever you're at. So your malpractice is going to cover you anywhere in the state that you're licensed, whether that's a house call or in a brick and mortar. As far as liability issues go, um, I like their liability of you. So I've really targeted smaller businesses. I know some people like to do corporate care for like really large. For instance, we have a Micron center or campus here in town with like thousands of employees. And I wouldn't, that's not an area I'm interested in trying to like jump through those hoops and all that red tape. I find um, individual business owners in the area. Maybe like I have some insurance agents. I've got real estate agents who have an office and they have anywhere from five to 15 employees. When you can get to somebody who owns that business and it's a smaller business and they don't have all of that to work with or whatever, like they're mm-hmm. usually just so happy to have you there. It's been a non-issue for me. But that said, I think it's a fair um, idea to have your own liability insurance that's going to cover you like an umbrella policy. 
Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. And it's not, by the way, maybe a hundred or oh, one hundred and fifty bucks. It's pretty expensive for a million. Mm-hmm. It's yep. cheap. It's cheap for the what you're getting. And really, like obviously, malpractice is going to cover any harm that you might potentially do to a patient. But let's just say your table breaks and a patient falls over because of that, like that would be a liability insurance issue or you break a vase when you come into someone's house or scratch up their floor or something. I don't know. Yeah, that would be important. To, yeah. Yeah. You want to be covered. Yeah. <laughs> Do you tell people, hey, put your dog in the uh, another room just in case? I probably should. I love dogs so much, though. I usually tell people to bring their dogs out unless they're like, they know, like people know if they're not going to be well behaved and they're like, no, that's okay. I'll leave them. But like, if I can hear them yeah. next, I'm like, can I meet him? Bring him out here at least for a second. So I, I probably not the best practice, but <laughs> I think of my mom's dog and she likes to get all, all up in my business yeah. whenever, uh, <laughs> you know, you're next to her or the yeah. owner, you know? So sometimes it's like, could, could you move away just for a few minutes while I hypervolt this lady? Yeah. And I know there are some house call docs who actually have that in their paperwork. Like, you know, when I show up, I require animals be locked in a different area or whatever. And I mean, people are the great thing with house calls is people are very laid back. And if if you need to be like, Hey, the dog's kind of my way. Like people are understanding. And yeah. Yeah. How much time are you spending with a patient being that you're at their house, they're paying usually a higher rate than normal. So is it still just, you just get in, do your job and you get out hopefully less than 30 minutes or like, what are you doing? Yeah. So um, whenever I talk to doctors who are interested in this, you obviously need to make sure that your rate that you're charging, like you need the visit to be worth your time. It's not only just the time that you're spending with the patient, but it's also the time getting to and from their house, as well as any admin stuff on the back end of side. So I always tell people work backwards, right? Like know what you need to make a year and then figure out what that means per hour and how many patients you need to see. So I kind of, I played with that number in my head a little bit. Um, I knew that bare bones, I wanted to spend no less than 15 minutes with a patient, usually turns into closer to 20 from the time I walk in the house to the time I leave. But I have like a tiered system. So I have like a 15 minute option, which is most of my corporate visits where I'm seeing patients like once a month at their office and I'm seeing eight to 10 patients. I have teen minute option. And then most of my house calls are actually 30 minutes. So I do have an hour option. I've got a handful of patients who schedule that on occasion. Um, and that's super heavy on like rehab focus. Um, but most of the time I'm spending 30 minutes with patients. That seems like an, a fair amount because if you're going to be driving over there, there's a little bit of set up and set down. And then let me show you some exercises while we're here. Okay, we had eight minutes or 10 minutes of muscle work, five minutes of adjustments or less. And then, like I said, like some rehab that yeah. you need to teach them. It kind of takes a little bit more time than 15 minutes, well, I would say, most of the time. Yeah. And that's why, like, if I can, if I'm just in a spare room at somebody's office and I'm setting up the table and I can leave it there, obviously, you don't have to set up and take down times. However, I do have that table breakdown time. Like literally I time myself. I think I'm at like 18 seconds. Like it does not take me a ton of time to set up and break down. So that's the power of a nice uh, portable table. But, but yeah, I mean, you're collecting payment in that amount of time. You're doing your chit chat at the beginning, right? Sometimes if it's a new patient, you're like finding the best place to set up your table and what's going to be most convenient. Mm-hmm. And now I'm all electronic. So nobody's like filling out paperwork when I get there. But when I first started, People were oh, gosh. taking time at the beginning. So, yeah, I, I had to <laughs> streamline that a little bit. But Please have this filled out. I'm going to email it to you. Yeah, and I've kind of gotten to the point, too, where, like, if it's not filled out within, like, two hours before your appointment, I email people. I'm like, I'm sorry. I We're going to have to reschedule. I, I don't have I don't have the time to wait. I'm not going to sit here and watch you do it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people are good about that, too. But, but, yeah, I think 30 minutes is a fair amount of time to spend about 20 of that with actual hands-on patient care. Yeah. Yeah. Do you charge travel fees then? I do not. I have everything lumped into my my fee schedule. If anything is outside of 20 minutes from my home base, which is my home, I will charge like an additional $25 travel fee. But I've kind of set myself up so that and coincidentally, like we we live right in the middle of the Treasure Valley. It's called like we're in suburbia. But basically any patient that I see is within 20 minutes of of my home eliminates that colleagues that you're a part of. I've I've heard it's like they might have a range. I don't know how much you know about other people's businesses, but there's like a radius of how far they go out. So it could be 10 bucks, 15 bucks, sure. 20 bucks extra. And so there's like, I charge 75, but there's another 15 on top. Yeah. 
have you played with that or what what have you heard from other people about that? Is it more complicated? Um, I think that's helpful, especially if you're at all involved in the insurance realm, because you can charge what you believe insurance will reimburse, but also mm. get paid for your travel fee. So you, so the patient would basically know that that is going to be their responsibility because an insurance is not going, as far as I know, I, again, I'm not like, <laughs> this is not my area. I don't know why you would do this and do insurance. That to me, that is wild. Like this are, is, the whole point to me is, is to be a cash practice too. Yeah. Cat in my, in, you know, my opinion, like, especially practicing this way. Yeah. Cash is the way to go. Um, it just streamlines everything, keeps it very efficient and easy. But there are people who are who are billing insurance. In our area, there is a mobile nurse practitioner, and he has built a team. I mean, he's got like four other nurse practitioners that work with him now, and they strictly do. I mean, of course, they'll they have a cash rate, but they like they bill everybody's insurance. And people, obviously, if you have insurance, you appreciate being able to use it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Do you find that electronic records are necessary for mobile? Like, could you just have a file system or this kind of just gets too much to travel around with? You could. I think that comes down to security, too. Like, gosh, mm-hmm. HIPAA, I think, requires you have like two forms of I don't even know what they call it, but like you have to have like two locks, basically. So if you had a box, it would have to be locked again, something like that with the paperwork. So it's a pain in the butt to like you get I mean, you know, you get done with the day and you just want to like be done. I don't want to come home and scan paperwork and lug it around with me and try- okay. make sure it's secure. Like obviously you do run the risk of if somebody broke into your car for some reason, that information would be readily available. So I choose to do everything electronically. It just iPads, laptops. Um, I have a, a Microsoft Surface. That's what I use. Yeah. And I use the Jane app, which is super inclusive. Like everything is it's so easy to use and you can also do a lot of like notes and stuff in between while I'm driving. Sometimes I'll dictate like the subjective Mm -hmm. and you can do that. Just talk to text on the app. So yeah, it makes it so much more easy. Yeah, for sure. And you just have to keep it separate. Like this is just your business computer since you have patient notes and things like, well, I guess it's saved on Jane. So really it doesn't matter as much. So yeah. Nice. Do you find that there's a benefit to having your fees on your website? I have, there's a lot of back and forth on that. I think it it eliminates a lot of phone calls of people asking me about my fees. And I feel like mm-hmm. when people see it, they know up front, hey, this is for me or this isn't for me. And I've had a lot of people like tell me that they appreciate me being upfront and honest about those fees and they know what to expect. There's no additional fees charged. Everything's just very straightforward. So I feel like the benefit is that, yeah, it, it allows me to screen potential not potential not patients. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you as automated as possible? Like, are you using text messages? Are you trying to get people to just email you instead of call you online scheduling? Just trying to be as kind of hands off as much as you can. So like, you're not, you know, while you're driving, you're not trying to always answer phones yeah. and when you're with patients and all this. That's one area that I do need. Um, I need to work on. I have automated text messages, which is also through the Jane app. So you decide how often they want to receive those. Um, I think they get an email like 24 hours before and then they get a text two hours before the appointment. But you can choose how you want to set that up. And then I've just realized I had a patient who there is a, like a portal, you have a portal through Jane as well. So I had a patient Mm -hmm. just this week canceled an appointment, but added herself to my wait list on on like a specific day. So I was able to just insert her where she, you know, so there are ways that I could be automating this more as far as being able to schedule completely on their own. I haven't, I've gone back and forth with that just because I do try to schedule people in the same like radius, try to cluster people together as closely as possible. So even though I don't have set days like Monday's not Boise or East Boise. North side. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do know like when I'm scheduling somebody, let's say a month out, I try to put them with other people in their area. But I, I think there are ways that I could streamline that better and it would obviously be helpful. It's just, it's that matter of like taking the leap, right? Like it's uncomfortable, so nobody wants to do it, but obviously I need to do it. <laughs> and you've already alluded to the question I was having. How are you getting people to schedule like Mondays I'm on the east side, Tuesdays I'm on the west side, and I try to keep it that way? Do you see people more than once a week? Yeah, good questions. So the nature of this practice, I feel like lends itself to a pretty healthy patient base. So I don't actually get like I get a lot of people who almost see it as like a concierge service, like, hey, this is nice to feel get some tension relief once a month type thing. And I just have like repeat patients who 
even if it's just for 30 minutes of like stress free <laughs> relaxation time and a little bit of like chronic pain management, like that's what they utilize it for. I don't get a ton of acute flare up type stuff. And if I do, like I'm usually booked a week to two weeks out, it is hard for me to see somebody a couple times a week. I, if it's an existing patient, I will absolutely try my hardest to, you know, get to them twice a week if I need to. But my typical treatment plans for any patient are like once a week for four weeks and then trying to wean them off to once a month. And if they mm-hmm. decide they want to continue out once a month, then we maintain that schedule. But not everybody does. And that's fine. In the case that somebody does need some pretty acute, like consistent care, if I think, you know, if they've been in a car accident or something like that, like I have a wide variety of doctors around the, the area that I gladly refer to. And sometimes they become patients of theirs, which is fine. And sometimes they come back to me once they're past that acute episode. So what's a busy day? I see um, a happy, busy day for me is about seven patients, seven half hour appointments. That's a full day. Yeah. it's a. I mean, it's usually I start my day. I'm guilty of starting at like 10, but I have I can do that. <laughs> That's Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the point. Yeah, right. Um, so 10 to like 5.30 kind of at the latest. I have a lot of husband and wives that schedule together, which is really awesome. So two birds, one stone. Um, on days that I have an office of 10 people, that's usually all I'll schedule for the day is just that office. That's a good day. Yeah. But um, on a on a typical a typical week, I see 20 to 25 patients, I say. And I'm just I'm right now I'm just working three days a week. So, oh, okay. yeah. Yep. All right. I had a, I don't know if, yeah, we didn't talk about this earlier. I had a, my first baby at the beginning of the year. And so I cut back to three days a week versus four and a half. So that was on my list. Yeah. Just trying to find classic myself. man asking the woman. So how are you going to handle having a baby? <laughs> we'll um, okay. Well, we'll just, we can go right into that. It works. The flexibility that this model offers you is probably unmatched. The thing is, is like, if I'm not available, my patients just know I'm not available. They don't know I'm on vacation. They don't know I'm Mm. home with my baby on Wednesdays and Fridays. They just know that I can't schedule them on that day. So it affords you a lot of flexibility, which is really awesome. And you create your schedule. I know there are some mobile, I don't mean to be stereotypical, males and females can be stay-at-home parents, but there are a lot of mobile moms who plan around their kid's school schedule. So they know they drop off their child at 8.15, so they schedule patients from 9 till 2.45 when they have to go pick up their kiddo again from school. So it totally affords you the flexibility. Like, you can make this work around your lifestyle, which is really awesome. If you don't have children, like, you could do the 7 o'clock at nights. You could do the 8 o'clock at nights. Oh, my God. If that's something that you desire. Yeah, there's um, a doctor, Dr. Lucas Marchand in, in um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He's, like, busy and successful because his availability is seven days a week. Most of his business comes on Saturdays and Sundays, and he's kind of drawn that crowd to him. And that's why he's as successful as he is, is because he makes himself available. Like He needs to charge more, though. He does. Yeah, he knows it. He knows it. We're no. all part of a group. It's like now <laughs> he's like he's stuck at that spot where he's like, ah, I can't just double my rates. Yeah. But like, I got to get more money. He is getting there. <laughs> I know he is. And uh, he's even said like his own patients have told him. You need to charge more. Like I pay you more. Yeah. (laughs) So, but that's, I think that's the struggle with chiropractors in general. Like we're, we're nervous to ask for, to bump up rates and ask for people to pay us what we're worth. I don't know why (laughs) we're, we all have that hesitancy. (laughs) I think we've been so frugal for so long that once uh, you start asking, you're like, ah, this feels weird. Would I pay for this? Yeah. I remember I jumped, I had just a $5 increase in my rates last fall. And I remember just being so squeamish about telling people like, um, at your next visit, it's going to be, it's going to be 95 instead of 90. Is is that okay? And people are like, yeah, just get like, you can charge me that now if you want. Just (laughs) swipe my card, you know, (laughs) you're here. Just charge me. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I guess I'll wait. Like I just said, I'd wait. (laughs) Oh, never mind. (laughs) Exactly. No, I'm not going to schedule you again. Do you ever feel like you need to add services or you're like, yeah, my normal rates, whatever, 95, but you want some cold laser, so I kind of have to charge an extra 10 bucks. Do you want it? Do you not want it? Or do you yeah. just need it? So now it's more. So the only thing that I charge extra for is I will charge extra for rock tape just because it's physically I have to purchase the product and then the product is gone, right? Like if it was extra mm-hmm. time, an extra five minutes on a trouble spot, like I probably I, I don't charge for that. 
But if it's something physical, like tangible that I need to replace mm-hmm. on a consistent basis, like I, I will charge extra for that. So usually I'll do a first rock tape session or application for free. And then if somebody found it helpful, I will either sell them a rock tape and show them how to tape themselves. Or if it's an area they can't tape it at, then I'll charge them like $10 at their next session or whatever. But that's really the only okay. thing. I mean, I do some like cupping and I do soft tissue mobilization with like scraping tools or whatever. And, and I don't, I don't charge extra. It's all. No, I always feel like it's cold lasers, rock tape, but they have a lifespan. Yeah. And yep. one's physical and one's a light. So you can't just use them forever. So like you kind of have to factor that in. Yeah, absolutely. What yep, you're that's, doing. That's important. Do you ever do discount packages if uh, Sally in the neighborhood invites people over and you have five people? Is there a discounted rate or corporate rates or anything like that? Like a Cairo party? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm always highly encouraging, obviously, as we all should be. I mean, if you're trying to grow your business, you want more more patience, right? So I'm highly encouraging of especially husbands and wives to schedule together. And the way that I incentivize that is you each get $10 off your treatment. That saves me travel. Time. Even just for two? Just for two. Yeah. Wow. So it's, I wouldn't have to. I know that. But it's obviously appreciated and it does get people um, to want to schedule together. That little incentive. It, and it saves me the travel time. Um, I know there's a little in our house call forum group. There are some people who strongly agree with discounting services and some people who you know, would advise you never to do that. So I think it has to be it's a personal decision, obviously. And you need to weigh the benefits versus is, is this worth it or not. And for me, it is. And then for my like corporate visits that are just the 15 minute, if there's a group of six or more that that schedule together, they each get $15 off that 15 minute rate. So it brings it down to basically like the typical cash rate in the area. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Because then you got all your daily goals met in one time and yeah. like, all right, it's been three hours and I'm done. Yep. Or I don't have to be done. It could just be a really bang out day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, or you're going to take a long two hour break and work out and, and come back to it in a couple hours so yeah do you ever do any memberships like buy five get one free or blah 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 when i first started i thought (laughs) i had this grand idea of like selling packages like that like like a punch card type thing buy 10 buy 11 get one free i think is what i i think i sold one package and i was like never mind like people don't mind just paying per service or per visit it's easier for me as far as like bookkeeping and stuff goes um, and people are willing to pay the full price. Like I'm, I'm obviously fine with that. So no, I, I, that was something that I wanted to do. Maybe I didn't push hard enough. I shouldn't say push. Maybe I didn't bring that up often enough to even be. Like, it's a whole year kind of depending on when they need it. So maybe a six visit might've been a easier, yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to need six anyway. I might as well get one free or yeah. save 10%, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I have found that the type of patient that's willing to pay for a house call typically isn't so concerned with price. So yeah, I guess it's, it's not the money for them. Yeah. Yeah. You ever feel unsafe? I mean, let's be honest. A guy can feel unsafe going somewhere. Absolutely. Double whammy. I mean, I think for myself, the only thing I would feel unsafe about is, oh, he touched me. Oh, this or that. And you're like, what? Right. Yeah, but you know what I mean? But for you, not, I mean, sexual harassment, maybe not so much. Yeah. But uh, sexual assault. Hello. Yeah. That could be something. That is a extremely valid question. And I think it's something that you need to like, if you're considering the house call business model, like that's something that you need to weigh for sure. Businesses like mine, or I mean, you hear about like female real estate agents, right? Like that's another issue. Like you always kind of have to have your guard up. So that it's a real concern for sure. I Mm -hmm. take, Mm -hmm. you know, I do what I can to mitigate risk for sure. When, if I have a new patient and, and that's the nice thing about having Basically, my business is pretty much all referral based now. So I know that if I have a trustworthy patient, likely their referral is also going to be trustworthy. Right. So I've gotten to the point where I do feel safe. Originally, when I first started and I was just out marketing the heck out of myself and meeting all these new people that it was a real concern. And so how I chose to mitigate that was I would my husband has access to my accounts. If absolutely necessary, he's never needed to log in, but I share my schedule with him, not the patient information, but I share this is the time that I'm going to be with this new patient I've never met. This is when you can expect me to be to leave. And if you don't hear from me by this time, like reach out to me, you know, like this, this is our our mitigation plan, I guess. Um, And then another tactic that I would use is when I would show up at the door and the patient would open the house. I would be on the phone with my husband and I would say, hey, 
you know, Brandon, I'm here for my one o'clock appointment with so-and-so with my new patient, whatever. I'll check in with you in an hour when we're finished. And so that way the patient knew there was somebody waiting for me to check in. I'm not saying that that is 100% a guarantee that nothing could happen to you, but it lets them know like, hey, somebody knows where you're at, who you're with, and when to ex- when to expect you to be finished with them. And I think that is a level of accountability for, for anybody who might have ill intent. But thankfully, I've never had an issue. Yeah, up to this point. Good. Yeah, yeah that's great. What, mm, you said you're referral-based now, but what kind of marketing were you doing when you were just trying to start out? Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> I tell people like, or like how long did it take for you to fill up a schedule? Because 25 doesn't seem like a lot, but you got to try to find 25 people who wants to do house calls. Yeah. And it, it's a it's a very special clientele that's gonna, that wants that, right? That's going to feel comfortable with it. It's going to understand it. It's going to be able to pay for it. So it took me, I would say, a solid six to nine months before some consistency with my schedule where I got to a point where I was able to start paying myself. Um, and felt a little bit more comfortable. I marketed the heck out of myself for that first year, for sure. I said no to a lot of really fun things so that someday, hopefully I could say yes to a lot of really fun things, but I missed out on a lot of fun weekends. So it's a grind. It's definitely a grind, but that's with any business, right? That's, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's brick and mortar, brick and mortar or, or a smoothie shop, like it's a grind. Um, so I think it's important to like let people know that it does like no business is just going to take off from the ground, but. I spent a lot of time networking with local, some local healthcare providers kind of in the wellness realm as far as massage therapists, physical therapists, acupuncturists, um, and just letting Mm -hmm. them know what I was up to and what I was doing. Um, I joined a networking group, like an official networking group that was probably the only thing that I actually like invested money into with any of those networking groups, like consistent consistency is key. You have to be consistent with it. Like people know if you're there to just try to like, <laughs> try to get some like quick yeah. referrals, like it, it needs to be reciprocal and you need to be truly like devoting yourself to that process. And then I found a lot of, I, for me, this was the best way. I found a lot of local 5Ks, small local 5Ks that probably weren't even having vendors. And I would reach out to the race director or whoever was in charge of organizing. And I would say, hey, I'd love to donate my services on Saturday morning to any of the participants. Do you mind if I come by and bring my, you know, my chiropractic table and do some some muscle work for people? And they were more than happy to let me come. So that was uh, utilizing my time, donating my time, but without having to pay like an expensive fee to have a booth at an expo or something like that. So what would you do? Like rub their hamstrings or? Yeah. So, I, I mean, and the nice thing about those events is there's not thousands of people. They're not these huge events put on that attract tons of vendors and, and tons of participants. But I got to spend a little bit more time with each individual. So maybe like 10 or 15 minutes with 10 people. And yeah, I'd ask them like, what usually bothers you? Or I'd, you know, have them sit down on my table and I'd be like, oh, your traps are really tight. Do you mind if I work those out for you? You know, like just that kind of stuff. And I think spending more one-on-one time with individuals because of the nature of that, those events, those led to, I mean, I still have patients that I see once a month that I met four years ago nice. at, at those little events, you know, and I might've only booked one or two patients at those events, but for me, that was, that's been successful because the return on that over four years has been well worth that two hour donation of my time. I think we get blessed sometimes when we, when we put the effort out there, sometimes it, I don't know, it felt like when I was in practice in Colorado, it would come back some other way. I mean, I had a brick and mortar, but even just putting myself out there just seemed to get results in other areas where you're like, all right, well, that was kind of dry and now that's working, but it wasn't from what I did, but just the overall like intention vibe or whatever you want to call it. Oh, for that you sure. Put out there. I'm, exactly. I'm totally uh, like your vibrations, man. Like they affect the world and they come back to you. Absolutely. hundred percent. Interesting you say that. So we moved here not knowing anyone and we've been here almost seven years, I think. And six years ago, my husband is a... UND hockey fan. We're from North Dakota originally. And he found a group of people here that were watching a UND game at some bar across town. And we went like just to try to meet people. Right. And I met somebody there who added me on Facebook. He's because we have joint connections to North Dakota or whatever. Haven't talked to him in years other than maybe an occasional like on Facebook or whatever. New patient this morning. Right. Like it was so random. I was like, okay, so like you're saying, like sometimes just those little interactions, those little touches that we have with people, they can pay off. It might not be next week, 
it might be five years from now. But yeah, that was pretty, pretty crazy. One time on, I lost Facebook. I don't know what happened, but I think, I don't know, it got deleted. I don't do anything crazy. So I didn't know what happened and there wasn't, I couldn't get it back. And I had like years of all these random Colorado people <laughs> that, that you could have reached out to, or they could have seen it on the algorithm. Or like when you pay for marketing, yeah. you could just target your people and you don't know who it's going to hit. Sure. But, um, man, that was like the worst part. Like all these random business people that I met over like six years, just yeah. gone. Oh no. Funny you say that. And LinkedIn marketing is not the same as Facebook marketing. Have you tried Facebook or Google? I'm guilty. I don't do anything on LinkedIn. I just started. This is the first time I'm running ads ever. I started working with a local company. And my goal for that is to try to hone in on just a couple areas. Like my treatment area or my like zones of operation or whatever is pretty wide. Um, and I'd like mm-hmm. to bring it kind of closer to my home base. So, um, so I'm running ads, like you're saying, to try to target this, like this closer area to my home base. And it's been like two months now. I, I'm just, yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess. Have you tried Billy, Mar- Billy, uh, Billy sticker? No, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. He did the Cairo candy podcast. He's, um, okay. he's really good at it. I think money's not everything, but he, with the click funnels, he's won the million dollar award. Oh, so wow. he just worked with chiropractors. His podcast was about chiropractic and, you know, they do videos and they have a whole system on like how to make it work. Okay. And so like, I, I've been following this guy and he was on the podcast from the beginning to, to see him grow to the level that he's grown doing it ethical. Shout out to him. Cause uh, there's so many people out there that don't even know anything about chiropractic. They just yeah. bought a program and pitched us and then whatever. For but, sure. Uh, yeah. Seems this stuff works. If that one doesn't work, I would say don't give up on that. Maybe they just didn't do it well for okay. what you're looking for. And so does this guy that you're talking about, does he actually teach you how to do it? Or does he have a team do it for you or help you with it? Partially. Like, I think we want you to do certain videos. I need you to do the videos. Yeah. Then you send them to him and then like he'll, I think, create a certain type of landing page. Okay. And then they run the ads, like how do they target, what they target, and then, then that gets put out there. Right. And then they hit the video, and then they hit another video, and then they retargeted. It's a whole system that you got to do, but once you set it up and do your part, like it runs on autopilot, and I don't think he charges a lot, which is nice. Like, okay. It's definitely an affordable rate that he charges. I will check him out. Thanks for that info. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, so we'll see how this goes. It's kind of just that first year was a grind, trying to acquire as many new patients as I could, and then thankfully, I mean... I think it comes, a lot of it comes down to like, be a good doctor, be good at what you do and people are going to send referrals your way. So yeah, of course they have to like everything we're talking about. You have to get patients better. Absolutely. Doc, I want to switch gears just a little bit. Some people actually get an RV, rip it up and convert it or like a trailer of some sort. So they do like trailer, not, what do you want to call it? A, a camper mobile chiropractic instead of going to somebody's house, it's actually out of a camper. So yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? Is it doable? Is it affordable? I mean, now you got a ninety-six thousand. You could potentially have like a ninety-six thousand dollar loan yeah, that sure. you have to cover, which is way higher than what you're probably running on a month-to-month basis. Yeah. Um, I think there's pros and cons, obviously, to both styles of practice. Obviously, my overhead is extremely low. The majority of it is paying myself. <laughs> but as far as like month- monthly bills go, like very little do I spend on that. But I'm also limited, right? Like there's only so many people that I can see as a house call Cairo, especially if I'm doing individual 30 minute visits, like I'm, I'm capped per week. I think having a unit on wheels, whether it's like an, I think it's like an Astrolite van, something like that. Like people will convert. Like That's the craziest one to me. Cause those, I'm like, I'm going to walk into a jiggly van <laughs> that, you know what I mean? That could fit a couch. Like I would much prefer the camper that got converted. <laughs> Versus an Astro light. That is so strange you to know, me. You know, there are some people who have done some really cool stuff with those vans, though, with those conversion vans. They've decked them out pretty well. And it, and it serves its purpose, right? All we really need as chiropractors is a table. But yeah, I mean, bare bones, you need a table. And so if you can bring something to somebody where it avoids you, obviously, like you're avoiding any liability issues if you're not going into somebody's place of business, Right. And you don't have the setup and the takedown. You can probably afford some additional modalities if you want. You have ability to use, you know, like electricity. And so I think there's benefits to, you can see more people too, like Dr. Jeff Solomon. He's got a huge decked out RV and he's like the OG of mobile chiropractic. He's been doing this for years and years and years. He's in Florida and he's got a super decked out. <laughs> but what does he do? Like you just drive to this neighborhood in the cul-de-sac and you just... 
see one patient? He does more corporate stuff. So that's a great question. Like he does more corporate type stuff where he's, I think he goes to like UPS and he will park outside of their grounds because that's just part of their agreement. See, that's a liability thing. Yeah, exactly. But he's eliminating that liability, Mm -hmm. which is better for him. And then they just sign up in like 15 minute increments and come on out, get adjusted, and then they go back to work. So he's still providing that convenience factor just in a different form. And he can see more more people that way because he's not individually stopping off at all these places. Definitely a longer road to get to, though. For sure. And I think a lot of people start house calls with that with that goal in mind, like, hey, I'm going to save up because I want to have a van or some people have a trailer that they pull behind a truck or a decked out huge sprinter van or whatever. I think that's a route that some people choose to go with house calls and and house calls are are the, the route to get there. And I know sometimes people are doing house calls because they're part-time stay-at-home mom and they just want to see 10 patients a week, like keep their license active, have a little bit of extra money, money to pay off your student loans maybe. And some people have bigger ambitions. I think there are doctors who have multiple chiropractors working as associates under them in a house call or mobile practice. So there's so much that you can do with it. It's pretty fun. Do you have your car plastered with your logo on it and then like a ice cream truck, you know? (laughs) Chiropractic. Chiropractic. <laughs> Crack dealer comments. <laughs> um, Come I have chosen not to plaster my vehicle with anything. Really? I use my personal vehicles. Uh, <laughs> is it HIPAA? You know, everyone's so, there's always somebody. Is it HIPAA compliant? Like if your I car is parked so. in the, the driveway. Yeah. I mean, if the person, so they still don't know which member of the household you're treating, right? Mm-hmm. They, you could be there on a personal basis. Like, I don't think if that's really a HIPAA thing. I wouldn't think. There's always somebody whining about HIPAA. Yeah, I know. That's a. And like, do you know anybody <laughs> who's actually ever gotten in trouble for anything HIPAA related? I don't. I hey, mean, what are we have, doing? You'd have to be like blatantly throwing out like people's paperwork at Walmart or something. Like, I don't, <laughs> I've never seen anyone get in trouble. I'm not advising that anyone like not. No, it's, HIPAA's very serious, everyone. Okay, we're just. We're just covering all the grounds on this podcast about just, driving to somebody's house. Everybody in Susan's neighborhood knows that there was a chiropractic vehicle. She's got a oh, what's wrong with her? <laughs> oh, Karen. Karen had to get a chiropractic visit. Oh, I knew she was falling apart. I've known it for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a non-issue. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, this is something I've always been curious about doing, and I don't know if it's legal in every state or what your thoughts I love the idea of like a membership where, yeah, you got to pay for a new patient exam and you got to pay for an adjustment. But, you know, for an extra 125 a year, now you're entitled to 10% or 15% discount on all your adjustments, 15% off vitamins and supplements. And in fact, I'll even cut down my travel fee five, five bucks. And, you know, and there's like that discount. And so it ends up taking a patient about, you know, a certain amount of visits before they utilize the membership, like, you know, get their money back from it. Yeah. But it puts money in, you know, everybody says that's a, that if you can get a subscription-based whatever, yeah. it's the best way to make money. Yeah. You know, the food is delivered to your house every month yeah. and you don't have to think about it anymore. So is there some way for us to do that? Sure. Does that Have you ever explored that or heard about that? What's your thoughts? Yeah. Whether it's brick and mortar or for mobile? I think there is a way to do it. So the way that I've kind of played with the idea in the past was I thought something similar if somebody is going to keep their card on file with you and be part of your, you know, membership or gold premier member of your business or whatever you want to call it, they get instead of their house call being $95, it's 85, but they agree to have their card charged at the, on the first of every month. And then you're scheduling them on a monthly basis. Ideally, obviously, whether they use it or not. Yeah. And so like we know gyms, the reason they make money is on those recurring memberships that nobody's using, right? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. don't know that I necessarily want to see that for patients. Um, I worry about like scheduling conflicts. If Ooh. you have too many people trying to get in and your availability is only so much, it might work better if you had two doctors working together. Because the goal is memberships at that point. Yeah, yeah. And you have to see 400 people now. Right. Yeah. Like then what do you do? <laughs> like then you are working until 10 p.m. And then you are. That is shady. Like <laughs> then you might want to be packing when you go to somebody's house. I rent a room on Wednesdays. Y'all can come to that. <laughs> right. I feel like that works better in a brick and mortar setting. But I think the way that you're talking, providing discounts on other services outside of, you know, I think that's fair or offering a discount on. I mean, if you're cash right, you can offer whatever discounts you want. I think offering discounts for paying members on any subsequent treatment that they might 
schedule, I, I feel like it's doable. I think it's a good mm-hmm. idea. You just got to find a fee that you're, you're happy with, but then at the same time, it's not going to take the patient 20 visits, you know, something ridiculous before they even see a benefit to it Correct. other than yeah. they like to take your vitamins or, or you know, something like that. So you got you to gotta provide some kind of value to make them want to spend that extra money, I would think. Yeah, for sure. Something to think about. I think it's, yeah, I think there's something there. The, one of the questions we always ask before we wrap up is, I almost forgot. You got a kid, you got a husband. How do you keep the love alive so you don't end up divorced? <laughs> Yeah, everybody gets this question. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a valid question, especially I think the answer I'm giving you now would be different than the answer I gave you last year than the answer I gave you when I first started this business. I think it's constantly the answer should be constantly evolving because at different stages of your life, your, your relationship requires different things. So, I mean, when I was grinding that first year, obviously, we depended on my husband a lot for his salary. Mm-hmm. And having, I think it all probably comes down to open communication, like making sure you're both on board. If you are a partnership, like making sure your partner's on board and they know what it's going to take for things to, you know, to be steady for you, whether it's opening your own business or opening your own brick and mortar or your own house call practice, like understanding that stuff takes time and you are going to have to say, like I mentioned earlier, like you're going to have to say no to a lot of stuff. So he, a very big blessing in my life, obviously, and he's my biggest supporter for sure. And having him help through that, that tough time was absolutely Mm -hmm. crucial. I don't want to make it seem like it can't be done on your own because it absolutely can, but yeah, your partner needs to be on board. I think that's important and communicating about where you're at communicating business wise, like, when we had this baby, we had to have a new conversation. Like, what does what is this going to look like for business for me now? Right. Like I cut back to three days mm-hmm. a week and then I'm a mom. I'm, well, I mean, I'm always a mom, but <laughs> I'm the sole caregiver on Wednesdays and Fridays. So just open communication about like what each of your expectations are, what um, you're OK with sacrificing a little bit. Um, and, and your goals, like communicating about like, what do we want this to look like a year from now? Like, do you, for instance, like I'm trying to get, if we can find childcare, <laughs> which is really hard yeah. to come by right now. Um, if we can get Wednesdays at daycare, um, I'm going to go back to four days a week just because I'm busy enough to do that. And I'm having to push mm-hmm. patients back so far. So just communicating, I, I think that's the key thing, like communicating about what's working, what's not working, just being open and honest is going to save a lot of hardship. <laughs> so yeah, that's my biggest. That's cliche, but communication. And any books or podcasts or anything like that that you find as helpful for people? Um, so not necessarily. So I spend a lot, probably too much time on Instagram, and I don't mean necessarily just like mindlessly scrolling, but I think there's a lot of ways that we can utilize Instagram as an app to make us better providers. There's a lot of great accounts that you can follow that are putting out really great up-to-date information. I follow tons of physical therapists and chiropractors and medical doctors. Like you can gain really great information from social media. It doesn't just have to be like a a fun tool or like a mind-numbing tool, even though it does that as well. And there's so many ways to use it to like connect and collaborate with other healthcare providers. And I think, you know, like Instagram and Facebook kind of gets a bad rap sometimes because, because there is some negativity associated with it, right? Like we're all addicted to our phones and we use it too much, but I cannot tell you how much I have grown business wise and like communication wise by just putting myself out there on Instagram and sharing the funny side of business, the hard side of business, collaborating with other business owners and hopefully putting out some good content that's like informative for people as well. I think it you, you make it what you want to make it. So I get a lot of information from Instagram and maybe that makes me sound like a typical millennial, but I do. If you have a tactic, especially if you're like in a B&I group in a networking, okay, let's do a picture. Let's agree on this picture. Everyone agrees. Yeah. All right. Everybody tags. Right. And so then now you get the exposure of all these local people once a week, you know, something like that. You can, you can alternate or you share with the same, you know, you do the same picture, but you put your own twist to it and everybody's tagged in all those pictures. So there's ways to to cooperate with uh, locals. Like if I was in a local place like this, if I'm at a, a, a burger joint, I'm checking in. Yeah. I'm hashtagging. You're cross-referencing. Like, yeah. 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 Local. I don't need to know about what's going on in Kentucky. Right. But yeah. It's in Boise. Your you better believe it. And having, you know, like some of my patients are, they love using, you know, social media and having them post for me sometimes and share, you know, my stuff. Like, that's huge. Then it that's like referral marketing, right? Like they're referring you without 
actually like referring an actual person. And so, yeah, Instagram's been great for me. (laughs) What's your handle? Mobile.chiropractic.wellness. So I recently discovered Reels within this last year. I mean, it just came out, but my following has grown by like 200 people since I started posting Reels. (laughs) Oh, but Instagram and Facebook are down right now. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I did. I was trying to get some information on you and I was like, what is wrong with you, Facebook? <laughs> yeah, it's like a worldwide outage right now. So um, you'll have to add me later. But It makes me giggle inside. That makes me so happy because <laughs> we're forced they're to so invaluable. <laughs> and your webpage is mobilechiropracticandwellness.com? Yep, correct. Dr. Jelaine, I really appreciate you being on the show, bringing so much valuable information. Thank you for having me. I had fun. I appreciate it. Another great interview has ended. While you're on your phone, click that review button. Write up a nice review for me. Five stars if you could. As everyone says in the industry, it'll help other people to find us when we have enough rankings. Not to mention, I'll mention you and your review on an upcoming episode. If you're looking for one sheets, if you're looking for all the books that people have recommended, you can just go to a doctorsperspective.net slash guide. And that's going to give you everything you need to know. The top Episodes of 2017 and 2018, the podiatry series, dentist, acupuncture series, holiday 2017, financial series, how to write a review, how to support the show, like buying a cup of coffee, getting swag, like t-shirts, the Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health book, that's the blueprints for better health, exercise, picking food correctly, and financial, and then of course, bundle packs, which can get you the No Needle Acupuncture book. 40 common conditions, including the electric acupuncture pin at a great deal. Page has some of the products that I like. It's a affiliate style. So if you buy something from them, I get a piece of that. Just like on the show notes pages, if you buy a book from clicking that link, I get a small piece of that as well. So I really appreciate that. Things like Screencast-O-Matic, Pure VPN, Missing Letter, JLab Speakers, Prolone Edge or Hawk Grips. The trilingual coloring book is now five languages, English, Spanish, Chinese, German, and French. So pick one up for your own kids, your nieces and nephews, and also for your office so these kids have something to do. Again, that all-encompassing one link is adoptorsperspective.net slash guide, G-U-I-D-E. Once again, if you do need any coaching on how to improve some of your blood work, drop weight, and the Prolone Diet, Fast Mimicking Diet, five-day plan, let me know as well as if you just need some coaching, whether it's health, whether it's marketing, whether you need some practice growth, etc. Reach out. Facebook, Justin Trosclair, MCC. Of course, at a doctorsperspective.net on the top right, you got all the social media icons that you can imagine. Click your favorite and reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please tell a friend, pass it along. You can go to .net slash listen. It's just that easy. It'll open up right in your app. And don't forget, I appreciate you. Listen, critically think, and integrate. See you on the mini-sodes. Hope you're enjoying those. I'm definitely having fun summarizing these podcasts in less than 10 minutes for you. You get the nuggets without having to waste your time. Have a great week. Sit back.